Welcome to the Flail Podcast. This is Troy and Byers, and we are here with a another Christmas edition of uh, Late Nights at Blockbuster. Uh, this is the second of the three movies that we'll be discussing during the month of December. And today we've got, I think, probably the most anticipated movie in my childhood. Like I can remember oh, like, yeah. anticipating this movie and seeing the trailers and everything and being like super stoked for it. Home it's Alone. right up there. Yeah. Home Alone. That was up there. Yeah. That and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I remember mm. seeing a poster for the live action one at the theater, but I kind of feel like it might've been at the theater to watch Home Alone, which would be funny. <laughs> As anybody who's ever watched Home Alone knows, it stars Macaulay Culkin, uh, the biggest uh, star at the time, uh, kid star, I guess you could say. And then uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. We continue to be, uh, and, and I'll say unintentionally, uh, this is not intentional at all. Like we're not some like closet Chris Columbus uh, uh, fanboys over here and just no. keep picking them. Like this unintentionally continues to be like your home for Chris Columbus content. So we're just going to change the the podcast to the Chris Columbus podcast. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the uh, John Williams podcast and apparently. the John Williams podcast. Yes. That's hard. So. That, that any podcast <laughs> that talks about movies becomes the John Williams podcast by default. This is you- true. Yeah. So um, as I'm so poorly uh, introing, this movie is directed by Chris Columbus. It's written by John Hughes. Uh, And so, of course, we just got finished doing Vacation, which was written by John Hughes. So uh, if you continue to see a theme here, um, yeah, I don't know why. Maybe they just make good Christmas movies. And the score is written, as uh, Byers just said, uh, by the godfather, John Williams. So uh, let's just jump right into uh, what we love about this movie. What do you got, Byers? I mean, this movie came out when I was nine years old. So Mm -hmm. Kevin McAllister is supposed to be eight. So basically, we were the same age. And this is like the kid dream. Like, you're home alone. There's nobody there to tell you what to do. And you get to fight bad guys and save the day. Like, it's the dream, to quote Barney Stinson. Um, Has all that going for it. Plus, it's just, it's funny. It's relatable. Um, it finds new ways to be relatable now that I've become a parent instead of just being a kid. So, um, but it's, it's just a fun movie. I love watching with my kids now, especially my, my son who cackles the whole time he watches it, <laughs> um, which is both awesome and just a little terrifying when you're, you know, eight or nine year old son is watching Kevin McAllister do all this and you kind of have to watch yourself for a few days afterwards, make sure there's no uh, booby traps waiting for you when you walk into his room. Right. No, no saran wrap with, uh, <laughs> with, with super glue on it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've got a couple of little things here. Um, the music is so great. I mean, we talked about uh, John Williams. It's it's really good. And the house, we, we, we talked about it with uh, Christmas Vacation. I've got some more stuff on that. But this house is just really cool. Like uh, growing up, you you go, oh man, what, what would, what would be like to be in like a sweet house like that? And then you remember, oh, there's 500 other kids there that hate your guts. Like, <laughs> yeah, for the only child in me, that part's awful. Right. Um, right. <laughs> um, and then I've got a couple of different, like, and, and you just mentioned it's a fun movie. I mean, it's, it, it's got a, a good pace to it. Like a lot of great movies do. Um, but it's just a fun movie, even when it's not got you cackling, it's got you smiling um, throughout, you know, and, and that's, that's what you want with, especially with like a Christmas movie too. Yeah. I mean, it's got all of the trappings of Christmas and, and some of the bad stuff to, from, uh, to remind you about the good things as well. Um, as we'll get to the the ending at the end, I'm sure, or maybe even, even into some of the favorite scenes. But uh, two of my things that I couldn't quite fit into other categories that I just wanted to talk about um, at the top, because that's where I let what I like to do with this is just throw in those little things. Is the way that he uh, Kevin says hello before he shoots Marv in the face? Hello, hello. <laughs> It's just fantastic. And then uh, the way Buzz stuffs like this remaining bit of like pizza, pizza his into his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this lack of like I've seen plenty of middle schoolers and high schoolers just like 
gorge themselves on pizza or just like try to like stuff like pizza into their mouth but just like that, that lackadaisical like uh, like two finger like just roll it up and shove it in there like it's just like this guy stinks like <laughs> yeah buzz is the worst and it's never demonstrated better than the way he eats pizza so <laughs> in that same vein i love fuller's eyebrows um after he, he across the room is hearing about how he wets the bed and then he looks at him as he drinks the drinks pepsi, the pepsi. And like yeah raises his eyebrows at him it's fantastic yeah uh so let's uh jump into our favorite scene what do you have i've i've trimmed this to a pretty decent six for me i didn't trim very well this time i'm the (laughs) there's too many things i was like ooh, no i gotta leave that my first one is is so random i love mitch murphy the kid from across the street like when he comes (laughs) over and starts talking to the drivers do these vans get good gas mileage (laughs) Does it have automatic transmission? Does it have four-wheel drive? Like, just over and over. It's just, it cracks me up every time. Uh, I've watched this movie countless times, and I, I, I love Mitch Murphy from across the street. And you know that every single parent is wants to be like that driver. It's like, I don't know, kid. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, especially, like, when he picks up the camera and just, like, ooh, and just, like, takes a random picture of the inside of the van. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. I had the the intro to the family just right off the bat. I mean, this this movie starts out like gangbusters. It's just like like you're in the thick of it. And I can imagine like somebody like you, only child, like oh, it's just like, like what is what is happening right now? And and of course that's what it's meant to look like. Um and and you see like his his brothers and sisters and his like cousins like on display as like the worst human beings imaginable. And so you kind of it's supposed to set off like Kevin as a sympathetic character, but at the same time it's it's really hard because he's a jerk too. <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be my hot take later on that Kevin McAllister got what he deserved by getting left at home. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Right. Yeah, you feel bad for him until he gets upstairs and calls his mom a dummy, and then you're like, "Oh man, no, you'd be dead right now." There's just no. (laughs) It's like every time I watch this, I'm just like, "There's another thing that I'm just like, oh, you'd be dead." Yeah, shouldn't have said that to your mom or your dad. I'd have left you and gone to Paris without you too. Um... Uh, Another one that I had was um, when the the pizza man uh, returns. (laughs) <laughs> that's the second one I had. I mean, there's some good things like there, but like that's like a like a great scene that like lasts for a little while. That is, you and know? you gotta love the gag over and over with the pizza guy and the statue. Is it's just everybody and the statue, like the, everybody. The, the, the van, the van guys get yeah. there like of the morning of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the I made my family disappear scene, like yeah. where it dawns on him, and at first he's sad about it, and then all the all the oh, lines flash through his head of all the horrible things they said to him. And then he smiles and goes, I made my family disappear. And then just goes nuts. Like in true yeah. kid fashion, he's jumping on his parents' bed while eating popcorn. It's like, how right. many things can I do at once that they would hate? <laughs> um, and just, you know, getting into Buzz's stuff. I love Angels with Filthy Souls. Um, yeah. Because that's I love a, that's the when fact. The, that's when the pizza, the delivery, the guy yes. returns is like whenever he does yeah. that. Yeah. And I love the fact that they made a movie. It's not a real movie. Like mm-hmm. they did it for both of them. They made a sequel for the second Home Alone sequel. Like they made a movie to go in their movie. Like that's just that's awesome. Yeah, that's ridiculous for like a kid's Christmas movie that we went to right. this, this far of a length, but it's great. Well, and it just goes to show you like that um, Chris Columbus like really loved those movies, and like that's one of the reasons why he wanted Joe Pesci to be in this movie. He was like, I just want to work with Joe Pesci. Um, I don't care what it is. And so like he would just regularly ask him to to quote Goodfellas to him like on set. So awesome. Um, all right. I've got uh, Kevin talking to Marley in the church yeah. is my next one. It's just a, it's a great grounded scene in all of the chaos and it gets to the heart of the movie. And so I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, get me to... Get, get me to all the gags because that's right after when right after this happens and I think as a kid I was just like blah 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 yeah 
But I think that that's what really sets this movie apart uh, from an, a couple of other movies, especially like um, we watched Jingle All the Way after that, that was one of the movies that we decided to watch that was on my list of things that I hadn't watched. And it's an atrocious movie. Like, don't ever show it to your kids. Like, there's on very... my, my top five worst Christmas movies. Right. And it would, I think I would, um, if I were to revise it today, I would drop off White Christmas and I would throw Jingle, on the, Jingle All the Way on there. Um, Cause I had a hard time getting to five on that one. So I admit I just kind of threw white Christmas on there just to kind of take shots at Lori and, and make fun of her, but no jingle all the way belongs on the top five overrated. Um, because I was like, I've never heard that many people talk about it, but when we were looking at all these lists, it was way too high. So I think it for, be for on that perspective, yeah, it should be that thing that Arnold pays people to make it go away. Like, right. Pretend this never existed. He's got really terrible hair in that too. I know that's a really <laughs> weird thing to say. We watched that in Kindergarten Cop right afterwards. And I was just like, I don't remember this phase where Arnold was like, had like what seemed like he looked like he had a toupee on. Anyway, back to Home Alone. Um, <laughs> Kevin talking to Marley in the church and, and him like being more of a, uh, like the human uh, character in the in the movie that helps him to just he's the first person that's besides his mom and dad of course probably still a little snarky too but mom's but everybody's a little bit stressed at the beginning of the movie right they're all getting ready to go overseas and travel and so you can you can understand that uncle but frank's in good, their house like that that's oh, uncle frank out. is yeah he's he's the worst are we sure and buzz so, isn't really uncle frank's kid they go together quite well i'm just saying they do um, did you read some of the now that we're on uncle frank did you read some of the like first draft like stuff that was in no. here that apparently like uncle frank was supposed to be the villain and he like set up where like the burglars were like working were... for uncle frank <laughs> and are, we sure? Inside job. are we sure it's not true uh, <laughs> oh well we have derailed okay oh. uh, so so i feel like the marley sharing his story with with kevin in the church and that he's in the right place because he he's still like he's he's a he's still a kid and he still thinks like he wished his family away and like this is just life now and like that's what's happening and so he he's in a place where he knows like he, he's to the point where he's asking for forgiveness and he just wants his family to come back, you know, uh, even though like they've done bad things and he's done bad things. And that's just a, a great um, conversation between the two of them that I just, I had to put that one in there. Oh yeah. When, when Marley drops the, you're never too old to be afraid line on mm, him. Like mm-hmm. it just, there's, there's actually this fairly, this, this pretty deep little conversation in the midst of this totally goofy movie. So right. Good stuff. I had that one down too. So yeah, um, right after that, uh, putting the battle plan together because he literally opens it up. It says opens battle it plan. <laughs> yeah. I had a um, so my parents bought this uh, VHS for me. It came with a poster that had the battle plan uh, on oh. it, and it was it was a little cartoony version of that. I thought it was the coolest thing on the face of the planet. Yeah, yeah, it's probably worth a fortune if you still had it now. All oh, right. Oh, I murdered that thing like <laughs> right away. I'm sure I, I I tore it in half doing something stupid, probably rolling it up and pretending that it was like a lightsaber or something. Before those, I love checking out at the grocery store mm. where mm-hmm. he's all serious and adult like for a little bit and then has the, the back and forth. <laughs> the paper, <laughs> the magazine or whatever. Oh, I put the coupon this morning. Yeah, like all these weird things. And then she's like starts asking questions and it, it finally ends with he's like... <laughs> Because you're a stranger. <laughs> Where's your house? I can't tell you that. Why? Because you're a stranger. <laughs> so I love that. Um, and then, yeah, uh, the the church scene with Marley is so good. The battle plan, um, which may, it's shocking. When, when you first think Home Alone, you think, oh, it's him and the bad guys, like, duking it out, him pulling all these pranks. That doesn't come up to, like, the hour 16 mark. Like, there's so much movie, and it's, like, 10 minutes of him beating the tar out of these guys with all these tricks. And so, um, I also love the uh, bad parent discussion with John Candy when they're driving in the back of the van. Uh, his mom starts getting into, you know, she's feeling bad, as she should. Um, and 
John Candy tries to cheer up by telling him how terrible they all are as parents. It gets to the whole thing about leaving his kid at the funeral parlor. And he has this whole line about like, yeah, you know, five, six weeks, you know, when they started talking again. And he was, and she's like, okay, I'm, I, I no, we, I'm sorry. We have this conversation. Well, you brought it up. Well, I'm sorry. Like, it's just, it's just this tiny little, like you pulled John Candy in for a reason, I guess this is it. So he could have this awkward, horrible conversation trying to make this woman feel better and just tells her worse and worse and worse things. She feels worse by the end of it. So. Yeah, no. And that's um, a lot of uh, candy kind of did this as a favor to John Hughes. And so he, he basically um, improved that entire, like his entire character almost is what they said. It's like, he just came in and it was just like, like Will Ferrell of the, of the eighties and late nineties, like do your thing, John candy. Oh, that just yeah. made me so sad that we can never have a Will Ferrell, John Candy movie. Right. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> I don't even care what they did. Right. So uh, after the battle plan, defending the house, it's like you said, I mean, it, it gets to like the hour 16 mark. So you've got about 30 minutes of runtime, which about eight to 10 minutes of it is your credits or whatever. So you've got a good 20 minutes, maybe even 15 because the last five is like the resolution with the family and stuff like that. I just didn't, I continued to be um, uh, impressed with like how much of the movie isn't that like final scene, you know? So, but so it's, it's still a long scene, but it is pretty continuous. There's no cuts back to anything else. Like it's just, it's their, their, (laughs) their mono, 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 mono. No, <laughs> no, it's their it's their fight between the the two on one, and they're getting housed for the most part until to the very end. So, and then it never uh, makes sense. Yeah, but we'll get to that. And who's beefed? Okay, um, and then at last, I have family coming back home. Like just just like I said, the resolution of uh, mom getting there, even though she traveled like a million miles and tried to get there and then of course the family that just got on the plane five minutes later (laughs) biggest who's beef ever right there like you went through all of this so that you could get here five minutes before everyone else who just sat around and waited for the original plane yeah so what what others did you have in there oh that covered most of my i I love the fake christmas party where he's got all the 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 Mm -hmm. mannequins and stuff that one always seems good although i always want to go like the kid who couldn't pack his own suitcase manages to do all this other stuff i don't i don't know what's happening in this movie um i think that was it at least yeah at least make him precocious at the very beginning you know <laughs> like be like like uh summer in uh, school of rock i could see summer in school of rock doing all of these things and being like all right going to lay down the law on these burglars and handle my business you know yeah but, yeah all right, what's your favorite? I mean, and do, we, and do we need to def- and do we need to like split up like defending the house? That's like a 15 minute scene, but I just don't know where to split so, it. Here's what we'll do. We're okay. going to come back to the 15 minute scene or we could do it now and pick our favorite prank. Like what is your favorite thing that he does to them? Ooh, okay. But outside of the battle, what's your okay. favorite scene? Cuz outside of that, I would probably have to go with i'd have to go with the pizza delivery man returns because it's got angels with filthy souls in it and like i think that's good i think i gotta go with the grocery store yeah that one gets me yeah although mitch murphy's up there (laughs) (laughs) all right um so let's move on to uh drax award this is going to be difficult right it's a weird movie because it's not like it's not like there's tons of stuff I quote, I don't feel like, from Home Alone. Yeah. But as I went through, there's so many great lines that make me laugh. Laugh, like, yeah. That I'm like, oh, I got to put that down. Oh, I got to put that down. There's some that we quote, like, every single day. Um, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll hold some. Or maybe I'll just throw, the, throw it out there uh, right away. I don't know. You go first. Uh, I can't make ornaments out of the old ones with dried worm guts stuck to them. <laughs> just my new fish hooks, like my new just... fish hooks. Yeah. So Kevin's talking with uh, with his mom after the entire uh, 
pizza throwdown happens and she goes look stop stop what's the matter with you he started it he ate my pizza on purpose he knows i hate sausage and olives and onions and and then uncle frank in in true uncle frank form comes in right over the top look what you did you little jerk (laughs) we do that all the time it's probably the worst thing that we let our kids say (laughs) but like anytime anybody like like drops something or knocks something over accidentally it's look what you did you little jerk and if i'm particularly testy that day i'm just like hey watch it like like that's that's about it you know but yeah it's uh it's definitely one that gets a lot of use in our house. Like no matter what, like that has nothing to do with the Christmas season or anything. So we always get a kick out of when, when he's going upstairs, getting punished and starts going off about when I grow up and get married, I'm living alone. It's like my kids are always baffled by like, but wait, when he's married, he can't live alone. So what is it? It's it's like one of those great kid statements. It makes no sense. They just don't understand it. Like, um, and then just starts jumping up and down. Oh, that's I'm living that's alone. like the the amount of like air that he gets and like <laughs> the stomping. <laughs> He's putting a lot of effort into it. Yeah, angels with filthy souls like is too good to pass up. I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny, I'm going. I'm sorry. One. Two ten, and then he starts cackling, and then he ends it with the uh, the quintessential uh, "keep the change, you filthy animal." So yeah, it's good stuff. A Christmas sweater with that on it at Walmart the other day. <laughs> like, that's awesome. I wrote this one down because Buzz Buzz has some interesting insults, but my favorite is when he calls him a flimwad, like flimwad. <laughs> Like Buzz uses up every ounce of his intelligence to come up with insults because he's an idiot otherwise. But he comes Correct. up with some great little uh, interesting things. I call him Flimwad. So that's a good lead into mine because my next one is uh, the exchange with Megan and Buzz. And she goes, you're not at all worried that something might happen to Kevin? And he goes, no, for three reasons. A, I'm not that lucky. Two, we use smoke detectors. And D... <laughs> We live on the most boring street in the whole United States of America where nothing even remotely dangerous will ever happen, period. The A2D oh. just kills me every Microsoft time. Microsoft was very angry at me when I was typing that one out in my notes. It's like, <laughs> no, what What are you doing? Can I help you with the numbering? Can I help, Can I help you with you? the numbering? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you cannot. I'm doing this buzz style. I love when Kevin is buying the toothbrush and walks up to the counter. Is this toothbrush approved by the American Dental Association? <laughs> you know that you're a kid that watched too much TV when you asked that question, right? Because like <laughs> yes. kids these days don't like necessarily get a whole lot of commercials like that unless you actually have cable. Um, my, my kids, like whenever we go over to my uh, in-laws, like they're just like, oh, commercials. Ooh. I'm just like, no, no, my this kid, is my kid take commercials. They're like, yeah. can we skip these? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the a really easy one, but not necessarily one of my favorites, but um, you have to put it in there because uh, it's pretty iconic. And uh, Peter McAllister says, Well, what else could we be forgetting? And uh, Kate, the mom, of course, shouts, Kevin. So yeah, just that intense look of panic as you forget, like, the mom screen your kid. Like, yeah. yeah i love the old man at the airport when she's talking to the couple and she's offering the earrings he's like she's got her own earrings a whole shoe box of them dangly ones like just the way he does dangly ones <laughs> uh, the add-on to what you talked about before um kevin you said when i grow up and get married i'm living alone did you hear me i'm living alone but like right before that he says something that I felt a lot of times um, going it being in houses with big families that every once in a while, I'm just like, Oh, get me out of here. He goes, this house is so full of people. It makes me sick. <laughs> uh, I need a t-shirt that says that at right. holidays sometimes. Yeah. There's some great Marvin Harry back and forths. Mm-hmm. Um, Marv is talking about, they're talking about the kid and goes, Yeah. Kids are afraid of the dark. <laughs> Here he comes back. You're afraid of the dark too, Marv. 
<laughs> oh, I had that one. That was my next one too. Oh, um, another uh, Kate and Peter uh, exchange with Kate says, how could we do this? We forgot him. And Peter says, we didn't forget him. We just miscounted. Typical dad form, right? Yeah. Like, just like, oh, not our fault. And then Kate says, what kind of mother am I? And then Uncle Frank comes in. Uh, and he says, if it makes you feel any better, I forgot my reading glasses. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he takes the place of Eddie in this. <laughs> There's a movie. Let's get Uncle Frank and Cousin Eddie right. together. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I love when Kevin goes to see the Santa Claus and he starts rattling off all the stuff he wants. And at the very end, he goes, and if he has time, my Uncle Frank, like just that little time. <laughs> just like, eh, if he has time, but... Uh, I, I, I love when Kevin like first realizes that he's alone um, he, and he's watching Angels with Filthy Souls. He goes, guys, I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. Better come out and stop me. Like just, just he does these little checks to see like if everyone's like uh, just hanging out, waiting to surprise him and be like, yeah. just kidding. Like we're still here. Yeah. Uh, no, he's just experiencing being an only child. You just talk to yourself sometimes. You can't help it. It's just, just that right. <laughs> Um I love the over-the-top Kevin McAllister moment. This is my house. I have to defend it. And then, like, cocks the baby. <laughs> uh, another one of the uh, the little checking to see if everybody's there. Kevin says, uh, Buzz, I'm going through all your private stuff. You better come out and pound me. Harry and Marv, again, <laughs> when they when they first meet inside the house after they've gotten their first taste and there Marv's already taken off his shoes and Harry just got hit by the feathers and they come around the corner and Harry's like why'd you take off your shoes and Marv goes why are you dressed like a chicken <laughs> all right um I've got another Marvin Harry um he says Marv says to Harry so how do you want to get in he goes oh we'll go through the back maybe the kid will let us in you never know and Marv goes yeah he's a kid kids are stupid <laughs> I was waiting for a reprise of the kids are afraid of the right. dark. <laughs> Every time. All of after he's, he's pounded on them for a while, he goes, you guys give up or are you thirsty for more? It's like the classic Kevin McAllister line. The last one that I have is um, Kevin just went through the zip line and he's in the, uh, he goes into the tree house and Marv goes, he goes, all right, I'm going to call the cops. And Marv goes, oh, he's going to call the cops. And Harry says, he's not calling the, from the tree house. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I had the exact same one was my last one. So yeah. Awesome. All right. What's your favorite? Ooh, I think I got to go buzz the a to d like yeah i just wait for that moment in the middle of the movie even though uncle frank's the worst um look what you did you little jerk is just (laughs) so good (laughs) i might be the uh the uncle frank to a certain degree in uh laurie's household because i'm i'm a little too strict uh and so um laurie looks at me every time uncle frank gives him that line and she goes like no i'm not that all right let's move on to recognize my face oh this is a like a murderer's row of oh, recognize my, my face it is how many like, do you have i cut myself off at two oh. intentionally just because there were so many and mostly because there was one that was so good that i was like i'm never topping this one like i just love it so. I just, I just loved so many that I could like, like you said, this was like right in like our childhood wheelhouse, but there's just so many little, like, I recognize that person from like a movie that I watched all the time. And there's enough of them to mention that I got to three, four, five, six, I got to eight. Here's right. my two. Hopefully, those two are at least in your. I'm eight. sure they're in uh, there. Bill Irwin, the old guy in the airport. I almost put him in there, and then I was like, he's "That's just, too many." He's just the grumpy old man <laughs> in so many things. Like, so you know, many start things. Going through the list, and I'm like, "You're talking about the dangly earrings guy, yes, right?" The dangly yeah, yeah, earrings yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. tons of stuff. Um, and then my one that I just I had to stop because I'm a big Friends guy. Like I love Friends. Yeah. So I just had Larry Hankins. I knew you. Yeah. Mr. Heckles, and so I'm like, I'm done. I'm that like he's Mr. Heckles. He's the he's the actor who plays Kramer when Seinfeld's doing a show about Seinfeld. Like that whole ridiculous. <laughs>
ridiculousness. And he's in Billy Madison. So yeah, he's Carl Alphonse in Billy yeah. Madison. He's uh, old Joe and breaking bad. He was in an escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Um, I really particularly love his name in this movie as well. His character's name. Um, and so <laughs> uh, I had, I love when he's on the phone and the donut gets stuck to the phone <laughs> and he just keeps talking <laughs> and it falls off in the middle of the scene. Like, you guys couldn't reshoot that? No, we like no. we like the donut stuck to it. No, I think that they loved that he was just going through his script so bad that he didn't even realize that the phone, like, <laughs> did, did they did they do this? Did they do that? No, okay, yeah, you're the fine. Challenge yeah. just any point? No, right. <laughs> um, I've got Michael Morona. Um, he's the redheaded brother. He's in the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Did you ever watch the Adventures of Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon? No, Did that one. A bell. That one is a, a very particular um, show that I watched a lot um, as a child. So anytime he's in like two other movies, he's in this movie called Slackers with Jason Siegel and Devin Sawa. Um, that's like late nights and Jason Schwartzman. Uh, that is like better than it has any business of being, but it's not actually good. Um, and that's the other only other time uh, that he's in a, another movie, um, but he was in Adventures of Pete and Pete. Um, Mark Beltzman is um, the friend in uh, Billy Madison. So remember at the beginning, it's like Norm MacDonald and the other guy. He's the other guy. I can't even remember what his name is. And I've seen Billy Madison. Do you even have like, a name in Billy Madison? <laughs> I think it's like Jack or something like that. So and he's um, in this. He's in this. He is um, like one of the Kenosha kickers or something. <laughs> so it is Jack. I had it right. Um, he's he's Jack and Billy Madison. But um, in Home Alone, was he he's not the airline guy. He was the airline guy in Wedding Singer. Um, is the other movies that he's in and remember when when and uh sandler goes when he goes hey do you like flock of seagulls and he's like no but i can tell you do that's the guy with the flock of seagulls haircut uh, but in home alone he is um stosh that's his name in here so i was just like oh my gosh what i don't even know who that is but the fact that he was in it i was like yes so uh, billy um Irwin, is that what you said? Bill Irwin? Yeah. So his wife is Billy Bird, and she was from Ernest Saves Christmas. You didn't think I was going to throw Ernest Saves Christmas again into the podcast, but I did. Yeah. (laughs) And Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. (laughs) So... Uh, two two HBO like special movies that hold a special place in my heart. Uh, so I had to mention her. Um, Hope Davis is like a somewhat like famous uh, indie actress. Like this was her first movie, um, but she wasn't famous enough for it to be like before they were stars. Like she's in like she's she plays Maria Stark in uh, Civil War. So Tony Stark's mom. Um, and then we've got Ken Hudson Campbell. He's the Santa. He plays Max in Armageddon. I love Armageddon. Uh, And he's also in Groundhog's Day and this 1990s show called Herman's Head. Did you ever watch Herman's Head? (laughs) (laughs) It's basically a ripoff of Inside Out. Like it's like this dude had like these four people, maybe even five people like in his head that like helped him like process things throughout the day. And it's literally like inside out. Just You're saying it's someone at Pixar watch. Yeah. Oh watch yeah. Herman's for head sure. And just ripped it off completely. Until I remembered that Herman's head was a thing. I was like Herman's head. And then it showed up in um, only murders in the building too recently. So I, I was like, man, now that I think about that, that's a huge rip off. Or inside out was a huge rip off of that show. <laughs> they were probably like, yeah, nobody watched this except for big time dorks. Uh, and I, I think that's it. Oh, Matt, Matt Doherty. Uh, I had him in before they were stars. (laughs) I love the mighty ducks. Mighty ducks. And he's Averman. He doesn't even have a line in this movie. Not a single line. No, he does. He's the he's the bro with the glasses. No. He's one of the other cousins. He's just a cousin. Yeah, I read like I literally read like he has no lines. He has no lines. Oh, I thought he was the the, I thought he was the one that was at the window with them. No. Oh, okay. No, he's just in the background like part of the mass 
Yeah. But yeah, Matt Doherty goes on to be Averman in the Mighty Ducks. He's also Heed from So I Married an Axe Murder. <laughs> Heed, head Heed. down. <laughs> oh, it's like Sputnik. <laughs> Spherical but sharp and pointy in places. The last one that I have uh, is Kristen Minter. She's the oldest uh, sister. And she's in Cool as Ice with Vanilla Ice. She was the she was the co-lead in Cool as Ice. <laughs> and and she was a regular on ER. She was like in like, I didn't watch ER, but she had like 70 something episodes. So I was like, if I get to throw cool as ice in here on like recognize my face, I just have to take that opportunity to do it. Cause it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So, cause I kept oh. looking at her and I was like, why does she look familiar? And then I looked at her IMDB and I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, cool as ice. Oh, that's good stuff. So uh, who did you, you know, but you, you had um, Larry Hankin wins hands down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Carl Alphonse and Mr. Heckles. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Okay. Um, do you have any other before they were stars? Because, you know, I mean, I had my beautiful Matt Doherty, but I had another one that um, I tossed I, in there. I had Kieran Culkin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's, uh, I mean, everyone remembers, like, that he's, uh, that he was uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother, but he's, like, more recently, like, he had a little bit of a renaissance, like, late 90s. He was in Igby Goes Down, and that had, like, I think it had some Oscar buzz and some other things, but now he's obviously in succession, yeah. um, and so he's he's really, like, famous right now. Dude, so. he was he was in She's All That. How can you, how can you forget that cinematic <laughs> well, masterpiece? What was his that, name in that? Was he Buzz? I don't remember. No, he, he was, like, the, maybe, I don't know. Simon. Like the uh, his, Simon. His, 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 his name was Simon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he was in uh, Cider House Rules. Uh, Igby Goes Down was the one that I just talked about. Oh, yeah, he was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. He's in all yeah, the Father he, of the Bride movies. Like, he's the younger. He's the son in Father oh, of the Bride. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't see that. Okay. Is that another Chris Columbus movie? Maybe. It just sounds it, like it. It feels right? like it now that you say right? it. Like, yeah, it's no, got that feels now. Okay. Oh, Nancy Myers was uh, involved in that one. That makes full, like a lot of sense. Okay. Anyway, woo, getting off track here. We got to get got to get back right on the rails. Um, so, We're talking about Kieran Culkin. I think that's already off the tracks anyway. Yeah. So. But I mean, nothing else. Like if he wasn't in Succession, like right now, and yeah. a movie that or a show that I don't even watch, but I know that plenty of people do, and like it's pretty famous. Like yeah. that would that would he would probably not qualify for. Before if if Simmons stars. and Sal didn't talk about it, I wouldn't know all that right. much about that yeah. show anyway. But yeah, yeah. It's not on my watch list. But I hear it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, do you want to move on to uh, who beefed or you want to do uh, oh. breakout performance and just kind of knock those out? Uh, we can knock out breakout performance if you want. Because okay. it's just Colkin. I've got Catherine O'Hara as a question mark here because, I mean, she it's very like subdued and under underscored. Uh, but she, I mean, she's been, it, it's, it would be, does it, does it even get close to how, crazy macaulay culkin is no like he was like a super duper star at the time what that did to him right she she was making all these little funny mockumentary things that like have some pretty big followings like they're more cult classic movies you know so i guess uh breakout doesn't really like hit on that but um so i thought about her and i can't remember now like when i looked at it why i decided it's just not not enough but yeah it's just it's i mean she had beetlejuice right before it maybe that was it yeah, yeah. i was like oh yeah she was in beetlejuice so all right let's go into who beef mm. uh and start with uh does it hold up for the most part sure um <laughs> no, i mean the basic premise of the movie is already crazy and there's so it many is. things that just yeah that aren't a thing now. i mean like especially when you look at here's a big question for the movie. What the heck does Peter McAllister do that they can afford all this stuff is a hilarious internet wormhole to go down by the that way. That is one of my favorite things. It like Mafia so Dawn and yes. like all kinds of... It's ridiculous. <laughs> There's some crazy people out there that just have way too much spare time on their hands. And that's from two guys who do a podcast right. talking about Home Alone. 
for an hour and a half. Um, anyway, if this happened now, like how many crazy gadgets would be like, they would have like this crazy home security system. Like they'd be able to watch everything Kevin did no matter like, so some of these things just can't happen anymore. Right. Plus yeah. they totally strike me as the, Oh, all our kids have a cell phone from the time they're five years old kind of family. Yeah. Um, so like it couldn't happen like this anymore. Um, yeah. You know, not, not only that, they'd never make the plane and they'd figure it out at security checkpoints in a hurry that, Hey, we're missing a kid. Um, right. especially going on an international flight like the fact that they run up in 45 minutes and get on a flight to another country is just like no that's insane Yeah, if, if you've ever been on a flight to another country and going through customs you know exactly oh, like gosh. i guess i guess leaving you wouldn't go through customs right but like still it's just yeah. it's a big ordeal yeah yeah so uh, there's lots of parts of it that don't really hold up in some ways, but I don't care about those things for the most part. I mean, the basic premise that an eight-year-old could stay home by himself and port two robbers is already insane enough yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, but none of that bothers me when I watch it. I mean, I have lots and lots and lots of questions as I'm going through the movie that I make fun of stuff for. Like, how did, you know, why did the how does nobody wake up before 8 a.m. in this family? Like, there's not one annoying kid that wakes That's, up with the sun. Like, there's the too fact, many kids in that house yeah. to not have that annoying morning kid. And the fact that Macaulay Culkin, like, is definitely not that kid being the second youngest, like, of that group and just sleeps in until, like, everybody's gone and doesn't hear everybody, like, like losing their minds through yeah. everything. Yeah. Later on in the movie, he gets woken up by a car door closing. <laughs> but he doesn't hear any of that commotion like right. there's plenty of those kinds of like okay this wouldn't happen this way quite you know kind of questions mm -hmm. that you have about stuff. like there's not a single alarm clock in that house with a battery backup you know i mean like just logical stuff yeah. um but no we ignore all those things so that we can have our cool fun plot and things can happen because of course it's not realistic that an eight-year-old gets left behind like this and, um for me it's like <laughs> I feel like it's very much the same way. The movie holds up just fine, but like, and this doesn't help my, I'm, I'm, I'm Uncle Frank uh, talk, um, is that as a parent, I have to say that like Kevin Sassmouth would just be in like a ton of trouble in our house. And like, I remember it playing it up for laughs, like as a kid, but like as a parent, I'm just like, that's not funny. He's been a jerk to his family. <laughs> They're also jerks to him though. Like that's the thing yeah. that always gets me yeah. like, yeah, every single one of those kids would be in trouble. Like, if one of my kids yeah. went across the room and was like, "Kevin, you're such a disease!" Like in the <laughs> middle of this moment, like that kid's in trouble too. Okay, like that's not right. gonna happen, right? Um, they're both done for. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Buzz would not be getting away with everything. Like, how does Buzz get off scot free? Like, he's he's a total jerk this whole movie, yeah. and yet we never see him get in trouble. So. Yeah, that's the that's the quintessential. The oldest is the golden child, like family rules, you know, like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Buzz, he's great. We named him Buzz. Like, <laughs> I love that Buzz has an iced tea poster on his wall. Did you catch yeah, that part? <laughs> right. He doesn't strike me as the iced tea type. <laughs> uh, what, what about your least favorite scene? In a way, it's when the cop comes to the house looking mm, for mm -hmm. Kevin, because that's one of the stupidest, like, that's, worst. Yep. Like, there's lots of things that, like, are improbable. But, like, this is the dumbest. Like, you literally went to this house because these people say their kid is home. You knocked on the door, like, twice and just went, eh, tell her to count her kids again and walked away. Like... Right. What? That's what I, that's exactly what I wrote down. Like, most of them, like, were believable or, or, or coincidental enough that you're yeah. like okay we're just going to keep it going but that's the that was kind of like the bridge too far uh moment where you're like all right like just like yeah but but you have to you have to address it right you have to show that they were trying their best to like uh, kind of get back in touch with him yeah. you know they do so. such a good job with so you know like the way the the neighbor kid is there when she's counting heads and like mm -hmm. yep the, like they, they give yeah. you a reason why all the passports like why his passport's not in the group because it gets dropped in the trash right and that, with the so airplane like, ticket they yep. set up all these little things and then that part just felt lazy like yeah we don't know what to do so we're just gonna have the cop be 
pathetic and just knock on the door like yeah like you could even write in there like he's about to go up on the door and then like some like emergency like happens like down the street or whatever and they're the closest like set of cops that has to go get it and they forget to go back to him you know something like that you know so yeah and why would they not go back again like that she's still calling all right she's calling oh right gets her he's waiting for shift change yeah yeah (laughs) everybody knows her yeah i uh i did i did a little not deep dive it was like five seconds but it was a nerdy deep dive still her trip home drives me crazy like not only we've already kind of hit on the like the rest of the family gets home five minutes later because she's not patient enough to just wait for the flight and like goes through all this trouble for absolutely nothing but she says that she flies she's going off she's been like i've gone from Chicago to Paris and then she says she went to Dallas and then she ends up in Scranton like she doesn't know where she is and where am I (laughs) and that's where she finally meets John Candy and they drive her home so I looked it up and it's like an 11 hour drive from Scranton to Chicago it's only a 15 hour drive from Dallas to Chicago like why didn't she just rent a car once she got stateside like why are you still waiting for airplanes that don't have any room yeah like go rent a car you're flying you're you're constantly trying to get um standby yeah yeah no, just go find a car. Heck, the kind of money they spend all the time, she should just go buy a car. Like, that's the kind of family they strike me as anyway. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just going to buy a car and drive home. Yeah, my least favorite scene is when she kicks, like, and I get it, she's hysterical. She's a mom. She's trying to, like, not lose her cool, but she loses it and kicks the French woman off the phone in the middle of our conversation. That's- and this is why Americans have a horrible reputation, like when traveling abroad, like, yeah, constantly. Yeah. And why does she pick that lady? There's like a whole row of phones. She picks this one poor lady. Right. Yeah. Did you have any edits that you'd make? I just said the entire John Candy, Catherine O'Hara subplot. Yeah, like, it's rough. Like there's a couple of, you know, I like, I get a kick out of the, we left him in a funeral parlor all mm-hmm. day thing. But, but for the most part, it's like, like a, you know, two on the laugh scale compared to everything else. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's not, I don't know, the whole like Kenosha kickers when he's telling them the, all the names of their songs and she's just staring at him like he's a weirdo. And he's like, yeah, we sold uh, 623 of those. Um, you know? <laughs> like you could have just given me that scene. Right. And then just dropped her off. And just home. dropped it. Yeah, exactly. I like, know. You, I mean, I get it. Like you, you got John Candy to come. So you're trying to use him, but. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah little, uh, that could go. Fun- Fun fact, uh, Catherine O'Hara was in a TV movie called The Last Polka. And it stars <laughs> Eugene Levy, Rick Moranis, and you guessed it, John Candy. Uh, they're all Canadian. Like, they're like, that's like the Canadian comedy, like, Hall of Fame right there. Like, I want to get my hands on this movie. <laughs> oh, man. So I really want to know how Kevin gets the whole house cleaned up oh and 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 you know that he's like just really sticking it to buzz whenever he doesn't clean up his room right. but he cleans up the entire clean up everything house. else but not buzz's room oh, oh goodness like how does he get the tar off the stairs right that's the big one yeah. everything else like okay you had ice you take the thing off the door handle so it's not hot yeah hopefully you put away the blowtorch um <laughs> the some of the 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 quibble that i one of the quibbles that i had was there there's a lot of trust going on with the oldest like kid it's not it wasn't their kid but it no, was she's like a was, niece yeah so i mean that's a lot to put on that person like going before i mean i get it like the oldest do get some of that trust but it was just a little too much and yeah they're frazzled i let the oldest count count all the kids in our family all the time <laughs> is your brother here yes okay yes let's okay go. cool let's do it yeah, but I also had the policeman. Uh, this one is really, really minor, but just kind of cracked me up when I was watching it this time. Why is Kevin eating dinner at nine o'clock at night? Like the whatever. <laughs> Why is he eating mac and cheese with a knife? That's... <laughs> he gets love... it out like he's going to cut a steak, and he's eating right. macaroni and cheese. Yeah, I love the uh, the uh, wine glass full of milk. Yeah. That was good stuff too. So. Um, all right. How does Joe Pesci get in the house at the beginning of the movie when he's dressed as a cop and no one will talk to him? He's already standing inside the door and like, right? It just starts in there. 
And I'm like, if nobody will talk to you, how'd you get in here? Like someone answered the door at some point. What is going on? Oh, it, it probably like the pizza man where he just like knocked on the door and just walked in, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, these crazy people. Yeah. Um, did you have any other uh, uh, who beefed? Um, no, just stupid things. Like, why are all the passports on the counter next to all the food? Like, it's just dumb <laughs> that's stuff. A rookie, that's a rookie mistake. Rookie right mistake. There. What are you doing? <laughs> um, how come the entire family is packing the night before? Like, they have not done a thing, especially when some of them don't live there. Like, you had to pack to come here. <laughs> right. What are you doing now? But there are Uncle Frank's kids, so. Yep. No, nothing else big. All right. Iconic moment. I mean, you already mentioned one that I put down an iconic moment when uh when his mom screams Kevin, like mm-hmm. the mom voice. That one's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I have that. And then Kevin waving out the window as they drive away, like that little smile. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I see that in little like yeah. montage type Watches things. things. Yeah. Um the aftershave scene too. Ooh, where he, I mean he yeah. does the 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 screaming face. Yeah. I I, I think all three of those would. What's but of course, five? it doesn't make any many any sense, though, well, right? No. no, none. Okay, so the first time he's doing that, when he's talking about how he washed and stuff, who is he talking to? He's the only child now. He he, he fully embraced the role, right? <laughs> I've never talked to myself about how right. I washed myself I in the shower. In all the nooks and crannies and crevices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. We've got the Emperor Palpatine Unlimited Power Award. Um, I've got some nominees here. Uh, but, I stopped but... at one because I felt like I had a clear winner. But oh yeah, I'm open to suggestions. But all I wrote down was Daniel Stern as Marv. I've got Harry and Marv together. But um, I've got a note here from like the trivia, like Joe Pesci and uh, Daniel Stern felt indifferent about like the movie's potential while they were shooting it so they they say they gave intentionally over the top in performances because they didn't think that it was going to be like a good movie so they're just like ah whatever the idiot who cares yeah exactly but i mean uh, i'm pretty sure this is daniel stern in every movie daniel stern's in isn't it correct yes, <laughs> like, yes. this is just who he i'm is. not a big He's... city slickers guy but i'm pretty Rookie sure the that... year and rick <laughs> He's dialed up to like 15 on that one. Celtic pride. Come on. Oh, good stuff. I also put Uncle Frank and Buzz in here. Buzz because he's trying really hard. Um, and then Uncle Frank just because he's uh, he's dialing it up. But yeah. Uh, Buzz just seems like a realistic older sibling to me as an outside mm. observer of watching siblings and being like, wow, y'all are ridiculous. Um, <laughs> just felt normal. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but but I think it has to go to to Harry or Marv, and I, I would probably choose Marv, uh, Daniel Stern's character, over Harry. Just so. for the the going downstairs on the ice scene alone, um, <laughs> with the crowbar, <laughs> and then there's that subtle little moment where he walks back out, which I don't know how he gets up all those stairs, right? Um, without killing himself ten more times, but they give you one, like he closes the door, and then you just hear whoop. <laughs> And the sound yeah. of the crowbar hitting him again. So, yeah. I didn't have anything in technical um, slash cinematography nerd stuff. Like there wasn't necessarily any like. I found uh, an interesting thing about the interior of the house because mm-hmm. it's not they use you know an exterior and then they built the interior because the the actual house that they loved obviously because it does look it's that's kind of iconic too. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was too small. They like couldn't get the crew inside of it. Uh, okay. So they built this entire house inside an old school that was like shut down, including uh, they also built stuff in there for the neighbor's house, like the Murphy's that floods. Mm, mm-hmm. And that part's built in the swimming pool of the school. Like they really just like flooded it out and used the swimming pool to That's film crazy. that scene. But yeah, they had this whole huge and it was the same. Uh, Hughes used it for like the same building that where they built all this stuff and did all this stuff was uh they, they did some stuff there for Ferris Bueller and something else that he did too, I think it said. So. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a Wall Street Journal article that talks about the owners of that house 
um, said that they were first approached by a location scout that worked with John Hughes uh, for Uncle Buck and then asked that if was they the could, yeah, before they, so, and asked if they could shoot at that house. And at the time they were trying to sell that, sell it. So they were like, no, nah, no thanks. And then they wanted to use it for Christmas vacation. And they were like, no, we turned it down because um, they're renovating. But it's just so funny that we mentioned it in like Christmas vacation, <laughs> that it seems like the exact same house. The one they and wanted. It's, and it's the one they wanted. Yeah. So they finally got it um, by the time they did Home Alone. So favorite song or score moment. I mean, it's John Williams, so it's mm-hmm. good. It was like Academy Award nominated for some of the music. Uh, and winner, right? It won at least one thing. It got nominated for like score and best song. And I think it won one or the other. But oh, it, was really good. it was just it was just nominated. Sorry. Yeah, it was nominated oh, no for, no for score and song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but like the, the frantic race to the airport, the music really sets the tone for that. Mm-hmm. And is really yep. good. I mean, it's really good throughout. But that one really stuck out to me. And then like the bells into the dramatic music while he does the battle plan and gets prepared. Yeah. Is that dun, 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 dun. that stuff is, was really good too. Those, those ones stuck out. Yeah. Somewhere in my memory is the theme that goes throughout, but I, I, I really liked it. Like right before he goes to the church, he's looking at like all the other families that are, uh, gathering for Christmas and stuff yeah. like that. And that's when he's really missing his family. Like that's where it's the best. Cause like later on, it's a little synth heavy. It's a little leftover from the eighties <laughs> somewhere in my memory, but that one is like just a very clear, like clean, like piano uh, version of that. So like, that was, that was my particular favorite one. So I also love white Christmas while he's singing to himself in the mirror. It's, it's also good stuff, but that's mostly just cause I know how much you love white christmas so. i love white christmas it's so good so much better than jingle all the way um <laughs> all right spiritual metaphors and illustrations so some of this isn't necessarily just metaphors it's just straight it's like great illustration like, hey <laughs> not good for man to be alone we're made for relationships and families and i don't know I, that's a real stretch i know coming out of this movie and all right um, we did some of these Christmas movies for parables with the youth and like, like this one, they're like, duh. Like I'm pretty sure one of them literally said that. I'm like, Hey, I didn't say they were complicated. It's not right? a secret code. Like sometimes right. they slap you in the face. It's just right, right. there. Yeah. That's, that's what I kind of said is like, it's, it's, it's not much of a metaphor, but just a straightforward reminder that uh, for Kevin, that it's not too late to say you're sorry. And especially um, uh, with, within your family and just that big theme of forgiveness, right? Um, it, it seems a lot of times people are standing by waiting for the other person uh, to, to forgive them first. Uh, but I mean, in all actuality, like God calls us to, I mean, there's so many like scriptures that you could quote um, with regards to forgiveness. I mean, you could just, we could just be here all day with that. So, um, we forgive because he first, he forgave us, you know, I mean, it's just that simple. And so like people that are notoriously like, Oh, I'm not going to forgive that person. Like, like, it's just like, and it shows in Marley's situation, like there, they were, they were just too afraid to talk to each other and too afraid to, to ask for forgiveness or forgive the other person for so many years. Like he didn't get to see his girl uh, or his uh, granddaughter grow up unless it was from far away, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. There's a, there's also a little lesson in there about not looking down on anyone because they're young, but that's Ooh, just for, yeah. for Marvin Harry. You need to learn that lesson. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Kids, yeah, are, kids stupid. are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> They also know how to work the water hose on the steps, buddy. So right. Random thoughts. The Took away um, a lot already. We already hit a lot. Yeah, of we did. Beautiful. The amount of like rumored people uh, to be cast in this was literally just a laundry list of who's who of Hollywood in like the 80s and the 90s. Like it was just ridiculous. I just stopped writing them down. Like Pacino was was uh thought for uh peter uh mcallister which would have been hilarious oh, man. that would have really bumped up all those conspiracy yeah. theories on the internet about right? the mob and stuff <laughs> yeah de niro was um in the running for um uh harry rowan atkinson for marv that would have been fantastic uh michael de niro, Richard... would, have been, de niro would have been too scary 
Like that would be yeah. an actual horror movie if De Niro's yeah. chasing a little kid. That's, yeah, that's got a that's got a much higher rating. Yeah, uh, Alan Rickman and Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins could be interchangeable for Joe Pesci in the uh, in the Harry role. Uh, Michael Richards and Christopher Lloyd um, for uh, Marv. Like those guys would have been good in those. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my favorite one though like and this is just all just reading just internet like ridiculousness is keanu reeves and river phoenix were considered for buzz (laughs) i was like somebody just wrote that and just was just like yeah i'm just gonna throw this out there yeah Uh, i just thought that was particularly funny i can never see either of them as buzz I'm just picturing Keanu Reeves eating pizza like that. Now that's that's all. Yeah. Just, just shoving his finger in there. So. Yeah, um, Chris Farley auditioned for the Santa Claus role. <laughs> I'm really sad that I don't get to see Chris Farley in this every year. Whenever I watch it, yes and no. He would have. He, he couldn't have. He'd have been too much. Yeah, it's pretty understated. Um, by, there would have been uh, like a van down by the river kind of moment in the midst of his <laughs> talk with Kevin. Like he would have been all over the place. Yeah. Uh, the line that you talked about, you guys give up or are you thirsty for more was improvised by Kevin or wow. by uh, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. All right. That's super really real life spoiler moment. If yeah. the kids are listening, turn it off. Don't let your kids hear this next part. <laughs> Not because I'm going to say something inappropriate. I just don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. At Christmas time for your children. There you go. Yeah. Hey, wink, wink. It, it totally gets spoiled because Kevin puts right. out cookies and milk. And guess what's still there in the morning? cookies and milk uh, they're still sitting there kevin kevin destroyed his own that and either that or santa just came in and said dude you gave me carrot sticks with my cookies <laughs> i hate you there, there's no gifts the, getting left at that house. the carrot sticks are for the reindeer bro oh yeah i didn't do santa yeah as I, not not because we were like and we weren't those people it was just kind of like mm-hmm. yeah one more thing i was scared of him so like it wasn't a good thing i was that kid i have that kid so you too. passed so you passed it down i did yeah. i did i didn't know you could pass that down but i certainly did it's in your donna yeah so all right um just as easy as breakout role whose movie is it home security systems eight-year-olds everywhere that's whose movie this is because it empowered all of us to think that we could take on bad guys uh, I, sure. really, I really want to give it to old man marley in reality Ooh, yeah. um because kevin is kind of a little jerk they're not wrong about kevin yeah um they're just wrong about themselves they're all jerks he's not quite a disease but he's not uh, uh, he no, is he's a not jerk. quite a disease but he is a jerk <laughs> so part of me doesn't want to give it to kevin because he's a little punk and old man marley has has a good story but i no, you're right it's it's not even close it's macaulay culkin yeah who just explodes from here like mm-hmm. culturally he was everywhere yeah exploded too much and like couldn't deal and yeah became really weird for a really long time well and there was the thing with like his parents like um stealing all his money and stuff like that too being like overbearing uh stage parents so but yeah but okay anything else i think we got do we need to pick what our favorite i have the list of of stuff he pulled oh yeah 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 let's do it before we all right so we've got we've got the bb gun uh, okay. The hello is is fantastic. You're right. BB, well, um, BB gun to the crotch, BB gun to the face. Um, we're going to put those just those in two separate. separate. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think the BB gun shot to the crotch is quite impressive since he can't it is. see. It's a no look. It's a it's Patrick Mahomes. No it's a Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, the icy steps, both front and back. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you got a preference. I prefer. I prefer the bottom steps and the crowbar Ooh, falling those on his are, head. But the, 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 the tough call. That is um, that is much much worse. We've got the uh, the iron when he pulls on the light. That that's probably the most painful in this movie. Yeah, mostly because he doesn't step all the way down on the nail that we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. I don't, the hot door handle that burns Ooh, the end into his hand. Yeah. That's up there. Uh, the tar steps with the nail in them. Um, the blowtorch to the head. Blowtorch to the head. It takes it every day of the week. Yeah. Um, the feathers. Oh, that that's clearly the lamest one. It doesn't actually yeah. hurt anybody. It's just yep. uh, the it's ornaments. Just the ornaments by the window, mm-hmm. um, which only works if he has no shoes. So that's kind of a it's a risky play right there. That you right. got to hope that the guy who goes to the tar 
ends up coming through the window. That's that, right. that one's a stretch. Uh, the micro machines, that's the most practical of everything because that happens in real life all the time. I just want to know why he didn't also put Legos out there because those those are also that would terrible. it would have been like landmine city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we got the paint cans coming down the, the stairs at them, which takes a while to figure out the physics of that at first when you're a little kid. Cause like in my head, it's like, wait, he's looking at them. How is he hitting them? And then you realize, oh no, right. he's like up above Throwing and they're coming. And they can't see yeah. him. And it makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, the tripwire when they run up the stairs, finally trip over that. The unintentional one, the tarantula. Right. Um, and then cutting the zip line. Yeah. Like my favorite is probably the paint cans. Right. Like it just has like such like cool visuals like that go along with it. <laughs> like you just see him like chuck it over and then it just like, I mean, as the audience member, well, you just see it. it like come like yeah. right at your face. Yeah. Let's get that classic, like the first guy ducks and then yeah. the second guy and he turns around. I'll get him by up. The next one. <laughs> I love the follow-up in the next movie too, where he throws the two paint cans and they dodge them and act like they got hit. And then he throws the bar that hits them both. <laughs> um, and then they also hit the paint cans as they fly through the air. But probably the paint cans, although I love, he doesn't do it to him, but when he, the tarantula goes on on Harry's chest, and then Marv gets up, hits scream. With the crowbar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Uh, the scream is great too, but no, I love yeah. the, I love the crowbar. Marv, Marv, don't move. Ugh. It's terrifying to watch those with your your young child, by the way, and listen to him cackle. There's a little part of you that's like, you're gonna hurt me doing one of these things. You're gonna try one of these things on your sister right. or something, and it's gonna be a problem. Don't do any of these things. Do not try this at home. Right. Should have been a disclaimer at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> well, that's it for us. We hope you enjoyed um, our discussion on Home Alone. If you have any uh, uh, thoughts that you'd like to share with us on uh, our Facebook page or Instagram, uh, go on ahead and do that. Uh, the Phileo Podcast on Facebook and Phileo Podcast, all one word, all lowercase on Instagram. And uh, you could also email us at uh, phileopodcast at gmail.com. Great job, buyers. Good brownies. Good brownies.